We make bad beer all the time. You should taste some of these beers. They're really bad. The Sour Hour is meant for the serious brewer. The Sour Hour may contain some seriously funkified content. The Sour Hour is not for the faint of heart. So exercise some damn discretion, would you please? Sheesh. And now, here's the Sour Hour with Jay Goodwin. All right. <laughs> Half second off on that. Who? You Let's start it. You. Let's start it over. No, that was all you. You're out of practice. And now, here's the Sour Hour with Jay Goodwin. Hey! <laughs> it's that time. We're back. Great job, Scott. Thank you. <laughs> Seems less than great. It's the Sour Hour. On the Brewing Network, I'm your host, Jay. Hi, Jay. Welcome back to the Brewing Network studios in a little bit toasty downtown Concord, but it's that time of year. Uh, we've got a full house tonight, even Bevo in the house. Hey, Bevo. Beav is in the soundproof booth. Now, Jay, Everybody look. You notice a key element missing from her setup over there? <laughs> no microphone. Oh, yeah. Where did the microphone go? It's uh, Mike 5 over here. Because oh. Justin took that to God knows where. Wow. Maybe to Fort Collins. Maybe. Where something is happening that also I don't know if I can comment on that, but maybe you can. I'm almost certain you can comment on it here. Hi, Scott, by the way. Definitely there. I don't, I don't know if I can, but you can. How's everything that I don't know about well, going? Hawk grenade number two. Uh, I turned Jay's headset off so he's not hearing this. He has no idea. Uh, is uh, going great. It's open. It's operating. The ceiling did not cave in during the opening, which I think that's pretty. Now, the... Uh, Toilets did overflow <laughs> during the grand opening. Yeah, they, and uh, we uh, had no restrooms for about an hour and a half during the grand opening. It's Not usually house. a problem in a bar, right? No, of course. Why would you need toilets? Uh, the mayor was there. The, you know, the really? people. Oh, yeah. You know, brewmasters wow. from uh, all the four concerts. The who's who of uh, the beer and non-beer world, and you can't take a leak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really fantastic. But that, that was the only real calamity. Everything else is going well. The place came out looking nice. And, uh, yeah, if you're out in Fort Collins or in Colorado or, or anywhere you're a Southwest flight away, come visit us. Check it out. It's a cool bar. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm sure the mayor was <laughs> yeah, totally. loving the, the no pee aspect well, of it. Yeah. You know, and there used to be this, like, old rule in politics where you, you're never supposed to be pictured with a drink in your hand and you're never supposed to cuss in public. These were, like, what? two pillars of politics. Yeah, I'm not making that up. No, that was a thing. It uh, seems wrong. It is now. No, the mayor, <laughs> I think in Fort Collins, if you're in politics, you can't be pictured without a drink in your hand, especially if it's a craft beer. Absolutely. That sounds crazy for their craft beer. And, yeah, the mayor had a great time, and just, he's just a regular dude, clumping yeah. beer. Also, otter boxes. <laughs> That's where the headquarters is. You guys know about that? Is that Otterbox, right? Otterbox, the cell phone holder. I think oh, that's what it's called. I thought you were talking about the, the, the snacks from when you were a kid. The, the Otter Pops. Sna- oh, oh, Yeah, oh. totally different. <laughs> totally different. Also great, though. Not made in Fort Collins, I don't think. Transition. All right. <laughs> Tonight's guest on the show. Staff of the Rare Barrel. Hey, everybody. What's up, guys? Hey. Insert more compelling background noises here. (laughs) Thank you. This is how we usually start the show. That's great. Great job, everybody. Definitely not fired. This is the exact same lineup as last time, right? No? No. 
dead weight. Aaron was here last time. Uh, Logan, not yet. Oh, yeah. I, did Logan go through the whole thing without it? Logan was here. Logan was here last time. Since then, we've lost uh, Aaron and Logan. Sad to see them go, but uh, and it, we're also maybe I'll just mention that Todd. We're very sad that uh, Rob here is going to be uh, leaving us soon enough to go to a great adventure up in the wild, wild north by Northwest. Is that what they call it? Portland, Oregon, something like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Portland, the Great Northwest, Pacific Northwest. I hear they have some beers up there and some beards. Rob will fit. Oh yeah, fit in very well. Yeah, yeah. as a uh, Robin, our tasting room affiliate likes to say, lumbersexuals. They <laughs> 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 think I'll make a good fit there, but uh, yeah, going to be heading up there in November. So if there's any, you know, lonely breweries looking for a cellar person that likes. Long mixed fermentations in oak <laughs> and, and long beards. <laughs> long beards. <laughs> long beards. I'll be uh, I'll be cruising up. It's a pretty good sales pitch right there. Should, like they, should they send you an email if they're looking for uh, Sellerman? Yeah, I'm actually looking for spots right now. We decided to move up there just for the love of Portland. If you don't want to say your email yeah. on the air, that's fine. You can email me and I'll forward it to Rob J at the Brewing Network dot com. That'd be totally fine. You know, some weird emails. Yeah, or you can or you can announce your email. That's fine too. I guess I'm just used to the weird emails a little bit. But so we've been, um, you know, sad to see some of our great employees go. But uh, at the same time, very excited for all the new projects they're working on, and happy that with the staff we have, very experienced and excited for the next chapter. We'll probably be bringing on uh, another person or two sometime soon. But uh, the wheels keep turning. But the rare barrel, I think, is as strong as ever, and I'm really happy. And you'll see tonight that we do still have, you know, a lot of the, the brain trust intact, a lot of great ideas until the second show starts. And then you're going to be like, the rare barrel is screwed. These yeah. guys just get hammered all the time. And, uh, yeah, they're going downhill. Drinking the profits. Jay, though, uh, the, their fearless leader, already has his first Pliny in front of him. So yeah. I'm just oh, yeah. forget the second show. Well, here we are in the top Thank of the you. first, yeah. starting on the Pliny. We are trying to come in a little hot, this one. I think the last one came in a little slow, so... Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah I did, yeah. you know, give some constructive criticism to the staff before we came. You know, I was hoping that get it a little lubed up before this one, start off a little stronger, get people's comments in the beginning. Cause the first segment's always a little, you guys are a little timid, looking at me the way Tommy is right now. Just what, like, what? wait, you, me? What? No me? headset, yeah. no mic. <laughs> wait, what? It's like, I'm going to finish the three beers I have in front of me and the half coffee, and <laughs> and I'll, I will impact the show in about 20 <laughs> Catch me in 20 minutes, and I'll be there. <laughs> it's good yeah. advice you gave them. Yeah, I got here today, and they all were sitting at a table, and they already had beers in front of them, and I was yeah. like, this is going to be a good show. Yeah, we're yeah. excited. I, I really love having the staff on. It's great to, uh, you know, a lot of the, the things I'm, I'm saying and maybe things I get credit for are really coming from everyone who's in the room today and, and not really me, so... You guys definitely get some visibility on the kind of conversations we have at the Rare Barrel and kind of the brainstorming sessions or the way we talk about beer. So I, I really think that's a lot of fun. And I think we've also gotten a lot of good feedback on these shows in particular. Just uh, they are more Rare Barrel focused as well, which, you know, I try to sprinkle in on the shows where we have either other people or listener beer or Q&A. But I don't know. Sometimes I'm not always like the best at priming myself to talk about our processes. And you guys just know at this point way more about it than i do so i'm excited to get into some details on that hopefully we'll also answer some uh, some listener questions and just have a great time in general indeed i know we've covered some of the sort of fluctuating acidity levels of of the yeah. barrels 
trajectory. I just have to say, even though I know I just blow nonstop smoke up your ass, it's all it's all genuine. And we had uh, some some rare barrel beer on for the Hopkernage third anniversary again, Jay earmuffs, which was uh, yesterday. Thank you. And uh, yeah, tap number one was rare barrel, and I have to say, man, that that acidity level is just perfect, at least for my palate. The same I mean, same dialed beer that's hypothetically on right now Correct. in some place. Yeah, that's right. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, Bellatrix. Yes, Bellatrix. Eager to hear what you guys are doing these days in that capacity. I think we're always updating our uh, our opinions on how that's been going and why things are happening and all that kind of stuff. And there's theories and stuff. And I don't know. That's I think I hear some chuckles. It's a constant conversation. But um, but yeah, I would agree that you know over the over the past year, the beers better than it's ever been and it really has to do with everyone else in this room but me so i'm happy to have (laughs) yeah you work for the bn now right yeah exactly yeah we talked about that (laughs) i'm I'm checking out on everything but really though i'm I'm happy to get into a lot of those details and i hope you guys are ready to to talk about that as well if you guys out there listening want to join in as you often do you can call us at 888-401-BEER join us in the chat Email us during the week for or month, whatever, for feedback. Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Jay at thebrewingnetwork.com. Watch us. We're live on the interwebs. Thebrewingnetwork.com slash TV. You can listen live by getting the Brewing Network app and search BN Mobile in your search bars. Yeah, also subscribe and leave feedback. Now, I want to say a couple things on this. Should we be on more than just iTunes? This is your area more than mine, Scott. But I, I mentioned this a while back to you that Spotify is now doing podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, TuneIn is a thing. Do we have to be – are we on there? Do we need to be on there? Is that a – What's up uh, with that? It, um, it's unclear if we're on more than iTunes. Actually, this is on my agenda to discuss with Justin in, in our next okay. meeting additional platforms and possibly a different uh, – our, our live platform might uh, Oh, right. You're, you like it. this uh, thing you use for the poker podcast. Exactly. Um, so that's on the, the agenda. We're, we'll meet, meeting later this week and figuring that out. I do know that the overwhelming majority of listeners get their podcast via the podcast app because it's built yeah. into the phones, yeah. you know, and that I understand that there are people that are, all right, and I'm sure there's people hearing this right now going, you know, what the hell, Scott? I don't. I, I know, but most people do. Who knows? It, I have no idea how much more work it is or anything, so I'm not, I'm not even suggesting that. Just for, And it's actually, curious. it's not a ton more. There's, that's not an excuse. But yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, we'll, we'll have an answer for you by the next, by the August shows. Ooh, great. Yeah. Promise. That we haven't scheduled yet. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hey, quickly, let me work this into before you continue with your announcements. We're, we're drinking work another it. one of these beers uh, by the Collective Brewing Project in Fort Worth, Texas. I think a show or two ago we thanked uh, Dave over there yeah. for sending in a nice care package. And we're drinking a little mixed fermentation, mixed culture, born of wood. Yeah. Yeah. So good beer, and thanks again, Dave, for sending that in. Yeah, awesome. Always love getting new beer in, whether listener, pro, homebrew, anything. So thank you guys for continuing to keep us well lubricated. Indeed. So the other thing I want to say about this the subscribing and leaving feedback is, you know, we've been doing this reviewer of the week thing mm-hmm. and might as well just play the drop one more time if we're oh, going okay. <laughs> to talk about this, but that was pretty I good. Your staff, uh, do a I actually thought that was it. Please. I thought that was it. Guys, what do you, somebody, uh, Stefan's, Stefan's, Stefan's got a voice. What he sounds like, please. Pretty good. For someone who said he didn't listen to the last show that he was on, he he knows that pretty well. I listen to the other ones. Okay, <laughs> just not those ones. Well, we are we already heard you it twice. Don't need it, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mike Mike talked over it. 
So yeah. So anyway, Review we're thinking about getting rid of that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just think, uh, but I do think there's a way to like freshen it up. So I've I've mentioned this before. I'm a big uh, just podcast fan overall. Got a lot of sports podcasts and other stuff like that. And what they'll do sometimes is like they'll say, "Hey, we still want you guys to." give us you know reviews and then if you like leave your whatever like twitter handle or email in your review we'll like send you something cool or we'll give you a shout out so i other than like sending some i don't know random we'll just say we'll send you something random yeah we could do that or what i was thinking is i know you love to curate the music Mm. on the show Mm -hmm. so we could have people if you leave your positive review Leave your review about the show, and then at the end, leave a suggestion for, like, a comeback song. Like, you come in from the break, rejoiner, Mm -hmm. industry term. term. Um, So Mike, on the way in, you know, he he suggested uh, you have a cue. Okay, well, you got to leave a review during the show, (laughs) and then we'll read it for show two and have you as an example, but don't say what it is. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And you'll be the first one. Have you reviewed the show already? You probably have, right? Because you're of the times. Yeah. <laughs> They're just all your staff. Yeah. <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> that's funny. Um, but that's another idea. It's just yeah. like like the show, thanks for the information. Sign, you know, Brian from Maryland, song suggestion, song Cats in the crew. artist. Yeah. And then we play it. We play it when we come back in from break. And then that's how we promote leaving feedback i like it yeah i like it and that well, there actually have been some suggestions too because on again, oh, okay. a show or two ago you suggested people right after you disliked my rjd2 uh rejoin you were like hey i guess you I guys did? should write in and uh <laughs> give uh, scott better suggestions yeah because the beck one was a hit but the rjd2 one was not i like rjd2 i maybe just yeah, didn't like that, that one, one song the beck great. song was good yeah. i was like yeah, yeah. what is this and i was surprised when you said beck you'll be hearing like, that later in the cool. show awesome. but anyway i have i have some suggestions and i just haven't i only have been back for a couple days uh from being in colorado this whole time which is why we're Show so late in the month with these shows, but the, I'm sure yeah, you guys made some good suggestions. So uh, keep your ears out for those in future shows. Cool. What else? Last show we did listener beer. Go take a look at that. That was good. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and then just a few things I wanted to point out uh, since last show. I mentioned this on the last one, but uh, Rare Barrel Club that's going to re-enrollment is going to come out in the next several months. So I'm just letting you guys know if you want to you know be involved in the beer we're making. Go check that out. Just follow us on the social medias or sign up for our newsletter. We talked about, actually, I had a list of here talking about some of the staff changes we're going through. But just, you know, since we have the whole staff here and you guys have gotten to know some of the people sent from the last shows, just wanted to mention that. But we kind of went over that. And then uh, by the time this show comes out, people are going to be listening to it around the buildup to GABF. Rare Barrel will be back out there for that. Alex, myself, uh, some of our other staff members you guys haven't met, and one that you guys have will be out in Denver. Hey. I'll, I'll <laughs> Introduce you, yourself. <laughs> My name is? Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll use that to segue just to say who's in the room right now. We, I think, uh, as we were mentioning before, everyone's been here since last time, so just uh, name and just how you're feeling today. Hi, Stefan. Great to be here. <laughs> he feels uh, great to be here. Mike, I'll describe my voice as sultry, I guess, if you're really asking for it. A little tired. I don't think I did, but... <laughs> but uh, <laughs> a little tired, but, you know, nothing a quick shot of iced coffee didn't fix, so looking forward to it. Um, Rob here. 
feeling great after that iced coffee and some imperial stout to kind of wake me up after very nice you know, sluggish day. So feeling pretty good. Good. Glad you described your day as sluggish. <laughs> Boring. Yeah. Place sucks. Um, I'm Jenna, the female voice in the room, so that should be pretty easy to remember. Uh, I'm Tommy, and uh, I'm doing well. Good. Your voice sultry. <laughs> what do you think, raspy? I actually didn't ask those voices. You said, you said say your name and voice. Go back and, and how you're doing. How you doing? Yeah, you said. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, I'm Sean, uh, last and certainly least, and uh, you know, feeling pretty good uh, so with the air conditioning that's going on over yes. here. I'm yes. walk over. I still got my pants on from work, and so they're. Uh, Thank God. They, it's they unusual. Add, it's a it's constant, it's a constant problem. <laughs> he clocks out and it gets awkward. <laughs> All right. Um, let's do. I think that's a good. That's a good way to end the first segment. Let's uh, maybe get to. A, do, you, do we have a question before we get out? Oh, um, oh yeah. Beer. Let me say this. Questions are brought to us by sourbeerblog.com, Scott. Yes, they is the longest running sponsor of the Sour Hour, and now. Breaking news, they're opening a sour and farmhouse-focused brewery in central Pennsylvania. Real news. Help them get started. Join the Founders Club, which includes eight exclusive bottles of club-only aged and blended sour beer, early access to all their public releases, a hooded sweatshirt, pair of tasting glasses, club growler, and a metal challenge going, I have to say, I've gotten a lot of feedback. Oh, yeah? People explaining to me the metal challenge going. <laughs> okay. Awesome. And now I know everything about it, so... <laughs> But don't ask me because I don't remember. It's the but. most feedback on anything <laughs> we've ever done. Yeah. Non-beer-related questions. Um, yeah, but that's a serious deal. Metal Challenge going. Uh, not to mention discounts and much more. To learn more, join the Founders Club and check out Mellow Mink Brewing. That's the name. At MellowMink.com. Can we try? I mean, it's got to be coming up in the next six months, maybe? Yeah. yeah, I would think so. Some some commercial examples from Dr. Lambic. I got to write. I think we need a Dr. Lambic show. Yeah, we do. Soon. It's been too long. Yeah, he's, he's probably busting his ass over there. I haven't heard from him in a minute, so I got. Oh uh, yeah, that's see how he's that's doing. true. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll give him some breathing room. For but, there, uh, the, but yeah, is there a zipper on the sweatshirt? Does it say zip up hoodie? Was it? Let me check my notes, Mike. It doesn't say. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that a teaser? Or you'll have to find out. You'll have to order. Transition. All right, <laughs> Doctor Lambic and his possible zip up hoodies are bringing you this question from Dave. He says, hey, guys, within the past couple of years, I have brewed all-grain kettle-soured beers, all of which became ropey during bottle conditioning. All recipes were a simple Pilsner wheat base that I kettle-soured with lacto or grains, and I went through a full boil, uh, and then they were fermented with uh, sack and a house bug blend. My idea was to dial in a specific acidity quickly while still developing a complex aroma and flavor from the bread. All the beers fermented out dry over uh, a month or two, not showing any signs of sickness until after being in the bottle for an additional one to two months. The strange thing is I have used the house bug blend with dozens of other beers that were not kettle soured without any sign of ropiness. Is it possible this is something to do within the kettle souring procedure that can aid in the beer becoming ropey? Possibly maybe some sort of byproduct that stresses out the PDO? What do you guys think? Excellent question. I don't, I don't know if we can, specifically from rare barrel process, since we don't uh, currently kettle sour any of our beers, uh, can say for sure, but any any theories on this? I mean, thinking about it, if the bottles aren't over-carving, I would assume then that the PDO is in there from prior to bottling process. There's got to be something that's living through the kettle sour or inherited in some equipment. That's he, did, uh, really he says he adds a mixed culture post Oh, kettle sour, burn off, and primary. But that mixed culture doesn't 
make his other beers ropey. I'm, I'm thinking like could be something to do with the initial pH. I guess that's like so the trajectory of his regular beers. Maybe it starts at a much higher pH when he adds the mixed culture, and then slowly kind of gets more sour. And there's some process that happens between his mixed culture that doesn't encourage ropiness. And I think he even suggests this. But the quick souring, the lowering of the pH from the beginning, and then introducing the mixed culture, maybe, I mean, that's a good recipe to discourage yeasts versus bacteria, I think, in a lot of cases, just for survivability. They're, they're down with the lower pH. So maybe they're able to flourish in a different way than they normally would if it was at the higher pH and the bread starts it off and then lactopedio kind of gets involved a little bit later. But all of that is kind of speculative. Does he say, so what's the timeline on when is he bottling these beers, these kettle sour one, beers, a month or two? One to two months in the bottle, then ropiness for about one to two months, I believe. Yeah, he said they ferment dry generally between a month and two months, and then they, he puts them in the bottle, and then another one to two months goes by. Ferment and dry, too. I mean, any recondition, uh, re-fermentation Does he say of the bottle? he's re for bottle conditioning? Um, he doesn't say if he's bottle conditioning. Because fermented dry would make me think that it's more stable, less likely to become ropey. But he, if he, he re-adds sugar. He actually says the first sentence, sorry, all of which became ropey during bottle conditioning. So he must pitch into the bottle. Condi- I, I assume, yeah. But that's... He could also just be adding sugar and just relying on whatever is alive in the kettle sour with yeah. the mixed culture, which in that case, with a lower pH at bottling... Definitely, the mixed culture is behaving incredibly differently than in a clean start. Sure. we So we haven't seen ropiness that often at the Rare Bro, but maybe if you guys, and, and so it's, I would say, caveat to whatever we say to this, but what circumstances do you think has led to the times that we did see it, if you would want to speculate on that? Get them, Stefan. Honestly, I, I couldn't say in our case. We just know at this point that we have a mixed culture that almost certainly will always get ropey pretty quickly, like within a, a week. A specific one of ours? Yes. And that's because the original, at least a portion of that culture, came from a batch that we put into barrels. It was just a sack and brett. It was uh, English yeast and brett C and brooks. It went into barrels that we had ozoned and expected those to not sour. And then within a few weeks the beer was ropey and sour but we really liked it and so we kept that going and incorporated it into this new mixed culture that we've been using lately all we know is that it will get ropey did it clear up with time yeah and i mean it does stay thick i will say thicker or i guess the proper way is fuller it's mm-hmm. a fuller mouthfeel yeah but it goes away i mean it's a lot of diastole and it's really gross the stream coming out of the barrel is weird. Um, what do you mean? Like the, con- the like it's not just a straight normal stream out. It like moves. I'm moving my hand in a way that you can't see, but it's like, it's it's like just, it, it, comes out, it comes out serpentine. Yeah, and you can see like you can what? see it before you even taste it that it's going to be thicker than ectoplasmy. Exactly. Uh, it's the con- the consistency of it is making it come out the hole weird. Is that it? Yeah. Jay's yeah. referencing right. Ghostbusters, but um, <laughs> yeah. it is indeed original. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's not helpful at all, but it's it's just something I guess we know to expect, and I guess you, listeners, should expect that, and I would think maybe if you're making a kettle sour, you should, my personal suggestion would be to just try something else. 
<laughs> don't, 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 I mean, don't don't use that mixed culture. I mean, oh. it's quick turnaround. You'll know it's you know. I don't know. I'd be curious. Maybe that's just like, but but his his to his philosophy is like. So you do this mixed culture stuff after the kettle sour, and you're getting this result. We're just speculating on why, and I think he is too. But I'd be curious to know what your end result is. Like, so what did that beer turn up being like, and is it? better or worse or just different than a regular kettle sour without the mixed culture and different from your other beers that you're making just with the mixed culture kind of like why yeah like if you are getting this roguiness where in the process yeah is it is it worth it because you're getting a certain result so i'd be curious to hear back and send us some beer if uh you got some also if you uh there's some evidence to say that uh britannomyces at bottle conditioning does a faster job at cleaning up a ropey problem in bottle conditioning so if you wanted to add that also then that might make it take less time than two months it might still be ropey but then get better does it clean up everything like the visual and the the, the consistency yes. of the liquid and everything just turns it right into i mean both those things can? come from the same problem so the consistency swirling it around the glass pouring it and so the mouthfeel kind of come from the same polysaccharide problems. Is, so. is there no such thing as fixing one and not the other? Like both will get fixed or neither will? I guess like Stefan was saying, there's always kind of a residual like fullness in the mouthfeel, but it's not like slimy anymore. So like that part of the mouthfeel will be fixed along with the way it looks when it's poured or swirled in a glass. Is it is it pleasant? I mean, even though it's a little thicker, is it pleasant for the most part? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've not really had a problem once the once the kind of weird slimy part clears up. It doesn't create like another off flavor with it, which is what's so great about that particular problem compared to other problems is you see it and you're like, "Oh, all right. Well, we got to wait another month, mm. but we still, you know, we're pretty confident that that'll be end up being great so if you think about like just the base of that you have simple sugars and complex sugars or even more broadly carbohydrates so the ropey problem is like very complex long chain carbohydrates and the Britannomyces, like your like your body would like break down whole grains or something kind of breaks it down into more digestible pieces Whereas, like, simple sugar is just very straightforward. It's just, like, it's there, you consume it, you burn it, and it's out. Mm-hmm. So this is how I visualize it. But, like, uh, you, you think about the bread breaking down these kind of long, complex chains. It's it's making it a more digestible thing, but it's not turning it into just, like, straight-up table sugar, basically. It's not, like, fully fermentable, like you know things that are 100 percent fermentable right. would be so you still get that mouthfeel that stefan's talking about there's residuals that even in some cases of brett can't be fermented generally you see some some protein content in these beers as well to kind of add to that fullness so it's a it's a it's an interesting question and i'd love to try you know the three types of, if he's making three types of beers kettle sour non-kettle sour mixed culture mm-hmm. and then kettle sour then mixed culture beers be a really cool side by side to try. It would be, and actually, that brings up a good point, which we were discussing before the yes. show. Which is, uh, we were thinking we would like to do for the next time uh, the uh, you guys, the Red Barrel crew, are in here mm-hmm. um, a uh, a troubleshooting show with bad some, beer. Uh, yeah, bad beer show. Bad beer show. 
So if you have some beers, um, you know, of uh, alternative fermentation that are not good, you know, they're sitting in your fridge or they, you know, they came out recent, <laughs> they came out a long time ago, and they're just, you don't like them, send me an and email. You can, and, and caveat, you also, like, can't figure out either what it is or right. what went wrong. That's, you know, if you, if you know what went wrong, I don't know, like, it, it'll still be valuable to go through those, but maybe especially, like, I have no idea what went wrong with this. Mm-hmm. And you send it in, we'll we'll try to tackle it. Yeah, that would be cool. Send me an email if you're if you have uh, beers like that sitting around uh, Scott at the Brewing Network dot com, and uh, we'll do a future show and help you and the people that are hearing it improve their beer. We'll bring the tums. Yeah, totally. Oh, and I should say too, at the end of Dave, thank you for the question, Dave. By the way, and at the end of his email, uh, he does say that uh, for future shows, please give some love to New England sour beer producers like Oxbow Hill Farmstead Trillium and Allagash. He said they're producing some of the most balanced and nuanced sour beers in the country. Allagash has been on this show. Uh, for yeah, a I'll fight years back ago. on that. We just had OEC. We're drinking Allagash. Yeah, we had OEC. That that's from Connecticut, which I will say is in the Northeast. But yes, I agree. I mean, that's yeah. that's that's a lot of what I like about the the mix of shows we do. I think we 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 try to do a good job of being. Um, geographically diverse, but uh, we always strive for that. So we're and we're always looking for suggestions. Exactly. So send those in too. Um, we have a big, a big queue and some other kind of cool niche shows that we do in between. But uh, always open for suggestion and uh, yeah, help us out, get involved. How are you guys doing? Still hanging in there? Stefan's looking a little low on plenty, I think. So <laughs> yeah, oh, no. that's for sure. <laughs> it's half empty. It's not actually true. <laughs> The glass is half empty, dude. We Hashtag fake news. Stefan has a problem. All right. <laughs> we'll be back in a moment. It's the Sour Hour half on full. the Brewing Network. Hi, this is Ryan Whedon, the host of a new podcast called Branding Brews. Branding Brews is a show focused on marketing, branding, and design for the beer industry. I have spent over 14 years as a professional designer. As a host, I bring my knowledge to the show to interview other great beer professionals. Whether you're thinking about starting a brewery, already own a brewery, want to learn more about marketing beer, or you're a seasoned veteran, this show is for you. This show will cover topics such as rebranding a brewery, package and label design, crowdfunding, design, social media, plus much more related to promoting and creating a great beer brand. Make sure to check out the show along with useful show notes at brandingbrews.com. You can also subscribe to the Branding Brews podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Again, check us out at brandingbrews.com. What's up? This is Blake from Creature Comforts. You're listening to The Sour Hour on the Brewing Network. Back, it's the Sour Hour. Nice lead in there from Blake from Creature Comforts, one of our favorite breweries. Their beer just gets better and better, man. Definitely got to have them on a show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good guys. Uh, okay. Got the Rare Barrel people here. It's, Hi. Uh, hey. We're, we're, we're hey. almost in meltdown mode already, <laughs> no. to be honest. <laughs> we're, we're working on We're trying hard. We're professionals, Jay. Yeah, tr- technically, yes. <laughs> this is a good looking, at the moment. Su- good looking studio desk, glasses and bottles open, unopened. This is it's going to uh-huh. be a fun We're next doing couple it. hours here. We're doing it. We may or may not have uh, some more rare barrel people coming by at some point. I don't see anyone out there. I just was looking out, but I don't. I can't comment on where we are, but that might happen. <laughs> Bring Network Studios. Bring, in downtown yeah, World Concord. Headquarters. Original. That's right. OG Studios or OG Headquarters. Actually, there's no studio at the new. 
the, location. You know, there's like a lounge that's been dubbed the studio, and I painted the the BM logo on the wall, and I painted the studio on the wall. Is this a good time to actually? You can do this, maybe a little more clean than I can promote what's going to go on. Oh yes, during yes, yes, JBF indeed. Uh, so JBF, I believe, starts October five Thursday, October four Wednesday. Uh, Jay and I will be doing a live broadcast of this show, the Sour Hour, from live, live, live. <laughs> Nailed it. So you can actually come hear gems like that in person <laughs> in Fort Collins at the uh, the new Hop Grenade there in Midtown. And, uh, yeah, we'll be doing a craft series with TRB, so we'll have lots of good beer for, on uh, tap and in bottles there for the uh, Colorado market, which does not see your beer, save mm. for JBF. Yeah, no. Um, and so that should be fun. Wednesday, October 4th, mark your calendars. If you're coming in for GBF, come out. It's only it's a short 40 minutes north or so of uh, of Denver, and it's well worth it. Fort Collins beer scene is incredible. They have over incredible th- breweries. Yeah, over 30 of them. And they're At all- least one great new beer, craft beer bar. <laughs> At least one. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm, I think in the time we were, I was, you know, given the promo for this event, another brewery, I think, opened in Fort oh, Collins. Wow. Very uh, cool. It's probably up to 35 now. And there's cool. a lot to lot to do and see. So anyway, come out for that. It'll be a good time. Most definitely. And uh, a couple of uh, housekeeping things at the top of this segment, since uh, we were talking about these over the break. Uh, number one, we were talking about the suggestion we made for the Bad Beer Show. And we, we actually got an email. Do you want to shout out the, uh, the listener who is... He's listening live and then uh, already sent us a note about his beer. Yeah, Daniel had written in during the break and said that he was uh, he had he had heard us give that uh, plea Great. for the uh, bad beer. And then we were, we start we, we read the rest of it and uh, start talking about it. And it, I, we weren't sure if this was a beer that was in the fermenter already or whatever the aging vessel was. And one thing that uh, uh, Stefan Scott and I were talking about is uh, just how that might be problematic if we just get like a sample mailed in we those tend to age very quickly and oxidize and maybe even create uh off flavors on top of off flavors Mm -hmm. um so the easiest thing from our perspective is to receive already packaged beers where there's you don't know what's quite wrong but i realize that could limit us to just beers that people have packaged and I don't know. We'll we'll try to work that out. I guess if you have a bad beer, we'll try to announce the, and it's in a fermenter, so unpackaged. We'll try to announce maybe the bad beer show a couple months in advance, mm-hmm. and then if you have a beer that's already in its final package keg or bottle, that you're like something's weird about this, hold on to it and then keep it cold, and then ship it to us when or just ship it to us whenever because then we'll keep it gold yeah. and then we'll kind of build up a critical mass from there does that make sense yeah dude, for 100 percent. and uh i mean it's going to be a while you know you guys have time i mean it'll be the fall or maybe sure. even the winter you know you've got plenty of time to make bad beer <laughs> as you said at the top of the show you make bad beer all the time yes thank you for that <laughs> love it just as much as i love one of our great sponsors the wine and hop shop wineandhop.com it's where to get your sour beer wild yeast and bacteria from omega yeast and giga yeast our we friends make that beer all the time thank you mm-hmm. most items will ship within 24 hours and best of all being listeners that's you in the continental u.s that's some of you get a fat eight fat <laughs> yes appropriate get a huge phat fat eight dollar shipping rate on orders under 50 pounds what? just enter being shipping in the notes field of the shopping cart and the discount will be taken off after checkout the wine and hop shop wine and hop.com you should taste some of these beers they're really bad anybody here ever made wine at home 
home winemaker? I got a Merlot going right now. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wine hop shop. Yo, yes. Oh, yeah, I got, yeah. Nodding, yeah. nodding feverishly. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't buy, I've bought stuff from them, mm-hmm. but I did not buy things for this wine from them. I should, this year, this season I will. Uh, I got, yeah, I got my grapes from Oak Barrel Winecraft in Berkeley. That's but, right. no, I'm getting stuff That's from. local. Yeah, oh, we like those guys. Those yeah. guys are great. Yeah, Homer, right? Yo, yeah, Homer's yeah. a great yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. But they've got good stuff on the wine and hop. They got like good home winemaking stuff, so I'm gonna get some equipment. A lot of different year. yeast and bacteria. Also, yeah, yeah, ton of stuff. They carry omega yeast and giga yeast. You can say that again. Thank you, Stefan. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he did. He did say it again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one other thing, um, we are gonna get Mike to post that review for the for show number two. So, oh, yeah, you gotta That's do right. that right now. I mean, just you know, in the next is this little like bit. A, this is a work thing. Review <laughs> of the week. There, yeah. Okay. What else are you, you know, doing? You right know now, what you're Mike? doing, right? With that? Do you remember? So, what? Uh, no. <laughs> we'll talk off air, but yeah, we're going to do that. So Absolutely. then the next show, you will see an example of the new way we are going to get you guys to review the show, help other people find it, which is to drop a little, to drop your review. And at the end, your name, where you're from, and then a, a song that you want us to play on the show. And where Where am I putting the review? iTunes. iTunes, okay. Yeah. Not Spotify yet. Scott's looking into it. Get off his back. Perfect. Come on, guys. All right. Is that it? I think so. Is that the show? Yeah, that's the show. All right. Now where are we going? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, a lot of topics I want to get into. None I've written down because I just want you guys to do all the work. But one thing that came up in the last. Yeah, exactly. Textbook J. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Uh, last segment that maybe we can start a discussion on is and that we've we've talked about on the show at various times, and I think you guys all have opinions on it and have seen changes. And I have to warn, just a quick caveat: I don't think we've come to final conclusions on this topic. You could plaster that on a lot of things, but um, I want to talk about barrel treatment a little bit and its impact on the beer because I think that's something that we're still learning a lot about and. In this podcast format, I find it that when we kind of broach topics early on and kind of represent them a certain way, it's good that anytime there's any adjustment and expectations on them, good to do, you know, a nice consistent update on that. So uh, what I like to do is just talk about our different treatments and how we found those in our cellar and and what we think about them overall, what the impact on the end product of the beer is when it comes to barrel treatment. So anyone who wants to lead us off on that. I was just going to ask Sean and Rob to give an overview. Good passing of the buck. (laughs) Go ahead. Maybe just an overview of what do we do? Maybe someone who hasn't uh, listened to all the previous shows. How do we, how do we treat barrel? So we can get a new barrel that we can empty a barrel full of beer what happens next? So, uh, for the most part, we get used, you know, neutral red wine barrels. And when they come in, our basic treatment is to steam them, swell the wood the best we can, because we're no longer really doing the French method of hot water rolling on the ground. Um, we have an awesome steam machine, so that kind of expedites that process, a lot less water. After we steam it and essentially swell the wood, then we go to an ozone rinse with the ozone machine. So, if there was anything in there before, we're trying to create a very neutral environment for the incoming beer to you know occupy that barrel 
and ozone acts as a natural sanitizer, basically. Yeah. So instead of doing um, non chemical, yeah, instead of doing the you know KMS treatment, it's ozone, which will sanitize the barrels. Sanitize the barrels, quote unquote. Essentially, we're trying to reset the barrels to nothing. So when we put the cultures in there, we have as much control as we possibly can over these fresh new barrels. Um, in the cases that we do have barrels that say are leaky or we'll get barrels in and if we don't get to them in, you know, say three months, we have a lot of, you know, leak issues. Uh, we have a lot of, you know, just dehydration of the barrels. Uh, something I personally like to do for those barrels is to literally pull the nails, hammer down the hoops a bit. And I found that we have a pretty high success rate of swelling those barrels where if we just do a steam treatment or a French method treatment, usually see some leaks and maybe 10% of the barrels throughout the you know first fill of that barrel. So I definitely like to hammer down the hoops, tighten those barrels up, and then I'll give it the regular steam treatment plus ozone. And then that's kind of our basic overview of a brand new barrel that comes to rare barrel. So I just want to pause there for one second and maybe make the quick distinction of maybe two different ways we describe the things you're talking about, which are and I'm just kind of saying this out loud for the first time, but maybe I think of like barrel treatment as, and this is arbitrary, but barrel treatment as like, how do you treat the inside of the barrel as a storage vessel? And then maybe barrel maintenance is more of a structural integrity, like, you know, taking the hoops off, nails, all that stuff. But then there's some hybrids also, which are like steam which can help with the barrel integrity, but also help clear the way in a treatment sense. Hey, I'm like wiping the slate clean on the inside of this oak barrel as a vessel. So it's kind of like, I mean, if you imagine barrels are like tanks, it's like tank CIP and Sani is more like barrel treatment. And then imagine if the tank was like falling apart all the time. That would be more like yeah. barrel maintenance kind of thing. Yeah. So for new barrels, it's usually if we get them in fresh and, you know, they don't need any maintenance, any, you know, swelling, any of the kind of thing like that. It's essentially ozone that's uh, wiping those slate clean, essentially. And from there, we'll get fresh beer in there that we've inoculated and, you know, it's going to go do its thing. Um, when it comes back, like, say, the beer is gone and aged, it's been in a barrel, gone back to tank and say we have, you know, a bunch of yeast and bacteria in a barrel. That's when we go to, depending on what we do with the barrel, we want to essentially wipe that slate clean again the best we can, which even with steam, say we want to, we got a barrel that went super sour, whatever lactose in it is just going crazy and it's made a very sour beer. We want to say, hey, let's try to knock that back a bit, which I think we can do to an extent with steam and ozone. But still, we're seeing those beers do get sour with both those treatments because there's no really perfect way to sanitize a barrel, of course, because it's porous. That stuff gets deep in the wood. But that's pretty much our go-to is, you know, steam, ozone. And I think we've seen some good results with conjunction with, you know, hopping rays, that kind of stuff to really reset the barrels and, you know, allow us to control, especially like acidity pickup, a lot better. Yeah. So, uh, Tommy, Sean, maybe you guys can start to talk about what have we been doing and you know sometimes we go through a long period of this treatment that treatment and how has that changed in your guys eyes over time like what what what's a common 
way to rack beer out of a barrel, and then what do we do with it? I mean, a lot of times when we're racking beer out of the barrel, we're really evaluating how happy we are with the cultures and the and product that we get out of that beer. You know, if we really like it, honestly, we really do try and do as many cold rinses as we can. We want to get cold, cold the, water, cold water rinse, yeah, in that barrel rinse. just to just to get the yeast slurry out of there there's fruit if there's secondary ingredients and did we say before I'm, I'm sorry rob i don't remember if you said this or not but we do have a, a pressure washer gamma jet set up which we now sure, like so before we would use uh just our regular brewery pumps and like the regular g maybe it was from gw Kemp, but just a spray ball barrel rinser which got you know a good amount of pressure but now we have water going into the pressure washer which goes into the gamma jet which is like you put your hand on the top of the oak barrel and you can feel it ripping out the inside and see the like uh, titrates flex coming out of the inside of a wine stained oak barrel so not just you know sloshing around some cold water but right kind of ripping some high pressure cold water yeah when we get some of those new barrels that literally we have like sand in the cellar it looks like so much is getting ripped out of those barrels with that high pressure which is awesome yeah so sorry john continue oh no no no. um but yeah i mean if we like that culture we're gonna keep it going forward whether that is preserving that barrel and using uh you know what's penetrated into the wood especially brett tends to penetrate uh pretty well and we're definitely learning bacteria is getting in there (laughs) too or you know we'll uh at that point after having beer out we're not worried about it you know we're not worried about the vessel being intact and watertight so you know we can ozone knock everything back put in you know fresh young beer you know we haven't Correct me if I'm wrong, anyone. Uh, I don't believe that we've noticed significant differences between uh, steaming and ozoning in term uh, in terms of oak influence mm. in our beers quite yet. We may not have enough data points for that either. Of course, you know, today we didn't manage to uh, get around to tasting a food or actually that. Rob, how many hours did you spend uh, <laughs> trying to get the thing back online? Uh, Too many. It was, so, uh, if you got a fooder in Portland, call this guy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'll get it to swell eventually. That's <laughs> the, the, the short answer to that. What, what was the problem? Um, it was a old fooder that I believe we got from a local winery. Yep. Um, and it kind of sat in a KMS solution for you know, way too long, kind of got forgotten. It sat so long that mold was building up on top of the KMS solution, which apparently is not good. Sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent a lot of time. Uh, the folks at New Belgium uh, gave me a lot of tips on what to do and, you know, how to go at it, but shout out. Essentially, it was a moldy old fooder that I revived from the dead. That we scraped some gnarly stuff off the back. We I cleaned it out. Uh, a lot of steam, a lot of ozone, and we turned this thing from this pretty scary looking fooder that I at multiple points I was like, we should just go burn this out back, and um, we actually got you know. To hold beer and it's tasting pretty good but uh, i did do a lot of steam treatment on it and i've only tasted it actually a few times but it's picking up some very interesting kind of oak character which i don't know if on its own it's going to be that great but it might be a cool blending component but um yeah it was you know just a lot of labor and a lot of a lot of steam essentially which eventually got it to seal up and we got all those bad cultures out of there and you know i guess it's kind of a textbook of like how bad could it be? And you can still put beer in it that hasn't gone bad yet. And that's been, I think, three months in the fooder. I think we went for just like a straight Brett culture in that. We didn't want it to get sour. And at this point, it's 
tasting good. It's definitely have a distinct oak character to it, but it's not bad, which is it's cool. <laughs> I'm happy about that. Was it just kind of given to you because someone thought it was beyond saving? No, we, we bought it from a winery down the street. Good deal because they like our beer. So we got a nice uh, nice arrangement there. They're, they're actually kind of unique. They're about 10 BBL ovals. And uh, if you've been in the tasting room, Berkeley, California, 940 Parker Street, you will have seen probably at least one of them. They're old. They're uh, used to hold, I think, uh, German white wine. And they came to us in one was in good condition and one the caveat was like this one leaks a little bit but you know you could probably fix it and then we just and this is totally my fault but we just like didn't get around to like we didn't prioritize the fixing of it and then uh you know it just got left too long in storage solution and uh, as rob was detailing uh our friends at new belgium really uh really helped us we kind of like we're at the point of well, should we just turn this into a staff hot tub or what's going on here? <laughs> and and they were like, nah, no, no, no. Like, you, we, we'll, we'll walk you through this. We got fooders. We know what we're doing. And it's one of the great parts of craft beer and, in fact, even just doing this show and being part of the Sour Beer fraternity where it's just uh, a lot of people helping a lot of the people who've been through the same problems before. So that's a I like that story a lot. Yeah, they give yeah. me a lot of confidence in Hey, you can kind of beat these things up. Like, if you can get an eighth of an inch on that hoop, tighten it down more. Like, they really said, you can't hit these things too hard. And I took that to heart. So. Yeah, they're the strong. one that uh, doesn't work in production knows about, you know, barrel treatment is it's going to be a lot of hammer time. Rob's barrel torture kit. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I do have my torture kit. Yeah. But to, to Sean's point, what are you saying about the oak extraction, uh, kind of how we got into that topic? It is interesting because you think about the ozone, it's very similar to the similar process getting the ozone in for the cold rinse, the hot rinse, and the uh, ozone rinse. It all goes through uh, the pressure washer and gamma jet, which kind of rips up the inside. And so you see this like uh, titrate film flex coming off. And so we speculated, it's like, wow, we might be starting to, you know, pick up a lot more oak in our barrels because the sort of film that would be normally in our beers from before is now being removed. And then steam, same thing. I think one thing we didn't mention is, uh, you know, during the steam process, either sometimes or all the time. You'll, you know, heat the barrel quite a bit with the steam and then remove the steam on and then put in a, a hard, hard bung, bung, but uh, then it's silicone or something like that. It doesn't, you know, doesn't quick, have to be. Quick note about that. Sure, Just go ahead. Safety thing. They recommend if you're going to do steam, oh, yeah, if you're gonna steam, your, steam your barrels and, and hard bung them, which was kind of one of the, the, not selling points, but just something interesting that the, the steam manufacturer kind of walked us through. I'll let you explain, but why? Why do you? Do, why would you so even do that? People do it to kind of you know you draw a vacuum, so we call it our vacuum bung. So you get the the steam machine at you know they, it has a low pressure and a high pressure setting. I think the low pressure is like thirty five to forty five psi, and it gets up to about two hundred and seventy five to three hundred degrees uh, Fahrenheit. The steam coming out of the barrel. Submerge this wand into our barrel. We usually run that for five to eight minutes, and then vacuum bung. So basically, you take this steam wand out after that steam has been slowly kind of, you know, the wood's been absorbing the steam. No more than five minutes. And so we we set hard timers that are the loudest ones we could get. And, you know, these guys even, which aren't very loud. So loud. Yeah, yeah. Which, which are not very loud, to be honest. It's just something that, you know, you risk imploding the barrel. So 
it's uh, just a safety precaution there. But also, like, obviously the oak extraction. That was something that the guy just kind of mentioned offhand. Like, you might get more oak. You might not. I don't know. And we have, like, uh, we'll, we'll do the vacuum, and then we flip it upside down, collect the steam. It's not that much uh, water you use. What is it, three gallons per hour or something crazy like it's that? Something extremely low, yeah. So you flip the oak barrel upside down, you get, like, a, what is it, like a quarter of a pitcher. So that's got to be eight ounces, 16 ounces of just, like, barreled hot water juice. And that smells oaky. Yeah, like you are okay. taking... It looks like almost like Cabernet. It's how like dark red it is. It's very it's dark. Red. Yeah, it's like, you're it's not pulling like a, stuff out of the wet wood. Barrel. It's it's a dry barrel. It's dry. Yeah, and, and they're ripping this it out comes of there. Out of it, like what do we just do to this? Crazy. So again, to your point, Sean. You know, we we are like, oh man, like we're <laughs> really removing a lot of stuff now. Like our beers are about to get really oaky and. Really, no, it hasn't it hasn't really happened that way yet. So uh, this is something we're continuing to monitor, but uh, definitely a couple of interesting points on barrel treatment. I got to get us out of here for a quick break, but before we do, Scott, yes, sir, you know what I want? <sighs> Bump it. It's time for I dip, you guys. <laughs> it's a home or commercial use water testing kit, which incorporates a revolutionary. Photometer. <laughs> Photometer. Which is the first and only on the market with its own app. IDIP can perform over 40 water quality tests for things like chloride, calcium hardness, pH, sulfate, and much more. Podcast listeners should enter code TBN10. That's TBN10 at checkout and save $10 on either standard or advanced smart brewing testing. Order now. Oh, I thought it was coming up. Uh, I'll read the rest. <laughs> Order now and make this futuristic technology part of your brewing process. Visit www.smartbrewkit.com. And we have one of these. Oh, yeah. How's that going, Mike? I've been messing with it. Oh, yeah. Tell great. us about that. I got it. <laughs> How's that shitty homebrew? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, got some nice residual alkalinity and uh, stuff like that. All right, sounds like a full report. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, JP, for letting I, us borrow. I remember a review. I think that's the BN, maybe that's the BN uh, owned one. I owe yeah, it is. review. It it's is. coming soon, very yeah. soon. Yeah. As soon as next week. Thanks, Mike. Smartbrookit.com. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Yes, sir. And, man, people need some beverages, I think. Oh, yeah. This is There's a, not a enough sad looking table cups here. on the table. Can you put that song back on? Or? <laughs> is Jenna still here? Still in the room? Jenna? Yes. Yeah, okay. I can't believe I didn't know that that was the music video. To oh, yes. Song, and oh, I just yeah. watched the, the oh, whole uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jenna makes a great point. Look up and the music video. Yeah, I, I can never see the videos that Scott shows. Oh, but, so uh, was oh, the device so first or the song first? Is the song really the song's named after the device, right? Okay, let's see. Let's see this. Oh, my God. Oh, wow, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. Oh, my God. It is like it's 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 right out of it's 1991 exactly as it's supposed definitely to. do a yourself a favor and Google this right now. Is that Ozzy Osbourne? Uh, yeah, we got Ozzy Osbourne, we got Marilyn, and Marilyn Monroe. Monroe. <laughs> no, you're right, you're right, Stefan. Thank you. If they were, if they me. had like a how-to video on how to use the device to that, I mean, <laughs> I think you're we can definitely right. make one of those. The oh, I yes. dip, I dip today. <laughs> we'll be right back on the sour hour. 
Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the next meeting. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment 10 years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer at Brew for Your Die IPA in the Northeast, Northwest, parts of the Midwest, and Alaska in cans and on draft. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. She did quiet down. <laughs> a lot of chatter, a lot of chatter coming into this uh, segment. Welcome back to the Sour Hour. Can I get, can you do the lead back in? What is it? B- whatever you, well, right before we, uh, Jay came back, you uh, you did his lead in for him. Can you, can you do I was that? Gonna, Welcome back to the Sour Hour. Spot <laughs> 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 on. I'm Jay. I am Jay, Jay actually. Clean everything. <laughs> Hello. We're back. It's Sour Hour. I want to thank some of our great sponsors, Oregon Fruit Products, Aseptic Purees, easy-to-use, convenient to store, no additives or artificial flavors. It's simply a great expression of the raw fruit. They love working with brewers to help us innovate. Check them out. Fruitforbrewing.com, Oregon Fruit. They bring fruit to, you. to life. Oh, so God. close to fun. <laughs> and I see now they have uh, on the shop... The shop for brewers, they have, um, you know, obviously they had the boxes for a while. You could special request drums, but now they have drums built into the website and also totes, which is pretty cool for certain uh, certain ones of the fruit. So they're, they're they, again, they're just listening to brewers. They know what we want. They know what we like. Speaking of what we like, we do sometimes tolerate other BN shows. Brew Strong, Dr. Homebrew, <laughs> Brewing the Style of the Session. Mike has left allegedly a review for this show oh. and we will honor that request on the next show one more thing i want to mention brew guru mm, it's back it's back it's I always it. it's always been there have you seen what the free brew guru can do for you stefan you read the, read the rest of this <laughs> yes please built for home brewers and beer lovers brew guru delivers sage brewing knowledge and money saving deals at breweries beer bars and homebrew supply shops oh nice the American Homebrew Association designed this powerful mobile app to help homebrewers and craft beer oh. lovers explore the wide world of beer we all share. With Brew Guru, you can effortlessly find deals and save money on beer, food, and brewing supplies, level up your brew IQ and handpicked articles, proven recipes, and trusted resources from the American Homebrewers Association Simergy Magazine, and all caps. Use the powerful brewery locator to find nearby breweries, tap rooms, beer bars, homebrew supply shops, and brew pubs, wherever you are. Brew Guru will lead you to good beer! Exclamation point. Get the app today and follow the path to beer enlightenment It's free for the iPhone, iPad, and Android devices. Learn more at homebrewsession.org. 
What gave, can brew goo for Yuru? That's an app. I, imagine if we gave him some notes to work from instead of just having him do it off the cuff. How oh, much yeah, better he just would do it. Memory. <laughs> So good. Brugu Brew. All right. We've got to do, uh, just before we get back into beer information, one quick shout out to uh, the beer, the brewery that we're uh, drinking right now, Brewery Rex, Santa Barbara, California. Oh, yeah. To me, it's not new, but uh, it's, it is new-ish. It's uh, my old boss, Tyler King, from the brewery, and our good friend, uh, Brian White. They are teaming up to Brian. do, yeah, what's up? Uh, to do great things, and they uh, sent us some bottles of their Belgian-style blackberry stout, and beautiful bottle, great packaging, and I, I, I think this might be their very first uh, bottled beer, it so looks, we've all got that in our glass now. It looks rare. Uh, the packaging is s- somewhat rare barrel-inspired, or maybe, I mean, there's more than one that's doing this, but it's like, you know, it's just oh. black and white. Oh, chicken or the egg. I mean, the guy was gay as Is that a unicorn oh. flying through the galaxy? Oh, no. my gosh. Did they bottle the L. Whaler? They're Mexican different. lager. I was going to no, say, didn't. why don't First we have off, a different. Scott's a rabble rouser. <laughs> different packaging. Those are Mexican lager, okay. guys. Uh, yeah, and they're they're also. I mean, they've also come out with some some draft beers, including a Mexican lager that was always a favorite of Tyler's and a passion project of his. With a lime. But we love uh, Brewery Rex, and we're very supportive of them. If you're in Southern California or Central Coast area, go ahead and seek them out. But they're doing great things, and happy to have this. This is very good. Like Light that. touch on the. Uh, on the blackberry, but well integrated with the stout character. This is seven point five percent. What? I could drink that whole bottle. This is a what a five hundred ml bottle. Deceptive. I could, I could take that down it's easily by myself, and I just might. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right, so we're back. It's the show. It's this podcast that we do. You're just a guy at a desk. Just a guy. What else do you guys want to talk about? Uh, well, let's hear. Let I'm me, not going to do any work. Let me read an email here quickly. From, okay, uh, thank from, you. Thanks for bailing me out. You're welcome. Meow. Yeah, well, your staff doesn't, doesn't look like that. Stefan, this is, we'll share game. it, but you can't have it. Mitch Mulholland wrote right in. Uh, he, he actually wrote in. This is like a couple months ago, and it was it was unfortunately timely. But you know what? If Mitch is going back or if other people are going to San Diego, where Mitch was uh, writing and asking, uh, and he said he, he was there for a wedding, and he was planning on picking up a bunch of sour beers to take home. And he wanted to uh, not only get really good sour beer, but also ones with viable dregs to experiment with at home. He's in southern Idaho, Mitch says, and the selection is really limited. So this was obviously a while ago, and Mitch, you already went to this wedding. But anyone that is in uh, San Diego area breweries with viable dregs anything come to mind so tough question always refer people to mad fermentationist uh website where he has a big list of dreggable dredgeable maybe breweries it's yeah um but this is the correct pronunciation also maybe i'll I'll ask you guys but it it, it, i feel a little weird about actively recommending certain breweries some are not down, right? Well, yes, that's 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 one part of it for sure. Some are not down, and then two, like, I mean, you know, what what am I saying about breweries if I just like say these three and not those three, and you forget someone, and it's like, I don't know, you just, uh, I feel like all that information is available amongst home brewers on the internet, and or even from home brewers, like who have been pouring bottles of beer into a one gallon jug for a while, and. Maybe you guys can all talk about desk pets a little bit. That's something that, you know, happens from time to time in the river. We don't have to be brewery specific, so we're not offensive. But, uh, you know, we engage in brewing espionage. Yeah. For, I mean, the question I have. I'm, I'm happy to say that. 
Yeah, I mean, we, you know, as a lot of us are homebrewers, we propagate dregs from bottles we like. I think, you know, the question, I guess this is a great question for Jenna. A lot of people, you know, myself Mike passing the buck again. Yeah, it's classic. <laughs> um, you know, people have a, you have a beer you like, mixed fermentation, sour, whatever you want to call it. And you're like, I really like X character. And I think the common thing is like, I'm going to drink this beer. And if I'm listening to Jay, I'm going to leave more beer in the bottle than usual. And I'm going to like prop, take a lot of the beer with me. Episode three. So smart. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I got the job. Um, but I mean, honestly, like people, I think there's a way to select for, well, what do you like about the beer? Do you like the yeast expression? There's a way to propagate, you know, maybe you want to, f- to favor like yeast expression or do you like the bacteria character? You know, we talked about maybe pedo expression and mouthfeel with that. So, you know, Jenna, if you're like, I like X, like what if I had a bottle of, you know, an old Lambic? Like I had like a goose that I was like, I really like Giz. the Brett expression in this. But I'm going to just put it into a jar of wort that's like, and I'm not going to oxygenate it, and I'm going to wait to see what happens. Like, just favoring, like, bacteria versus yeast. I feel like some people skip that step. Definitely the temperature that you're allowing it to ferment at will change your populations. But realistically, Jay, you saying you know, what things are viable or what breweries you're going to recommend for these kind of things. Like us putting dregs from X brewery on our desk versus someone in, you said like Illinois Idaho. or Idaho. Idaho. <laughs> Idaho. Idaho. <laughs> on his desk, very different. Just can, can be, dep- you know, in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, I'll, I mean, Idaho also, I'll, <laughs> also, especially from, <laughs> especially from a homebrew perspective, their work composition is going to be, you know, lending itself to a certain growth and don't go for replication. There's never going to be replication. Go for so adulation. yeah, you'll definitely find viable things in a lot of bottles you're not going to be able to replicate that beer. That's I think that's the good part about people like mixing it up, you know, like building something over fun. time with different uh, dregs and even commercial brewers we've had on the show. They're like, oh, you know, I started as a home brewer and I'm not referencing anyone in particular, but, you know, the same breweries kind of get mentioned uh, yeah. uh, in these conversations. And it's like, oh, I put a little bit of brewery X from, I don't know, the state of Michigan, and then brewery Y from uh, Vermont, and then brewery Z from Texas, and brewery Q from California, and then that's my uh, house mixed culture. <laughs> and I hear you. Black Star Co-op in exactly. Texas. Exactly. I, got well, you. I think one Great thing beer. that, so I think people, you want to say something before I go? It looks like you wanted to say something. Yeah, Stefan, Stefan, I'm so proud of you guys. He's a maniac. The thing that I feel like, you know, talking to... Wait, can we just say that Tommy is still drinking his iced coffee from like oh, a long time what ago? What are you doing Good there, God, Tommy. Tommy. I'm savoring flavor. Show two better have like a huge Tommy component oh, yeah, or I'm going to be, be super yeah. disappointed. Tommy, how much whiskey is in that iced coffee? <laughs> <laughs> you can be honest. Never. Irish coffee? All right, sorry. Continue, Mike. Um, the interesting thing to me is like, you know, when I was even a few years ago and I was just starting out and getting into like homebrewing mixed fermentation beers. I was like, I'm going to steal these dregs. I'm going to prop them up. I'm going to dump them in. And like, you know, that works great. You get certain things. But after talking to, you know, being able to go to festivals or events and talk to some of my favorite brewers that are doing these 
funky mixed fermentation beers and mixed culture beers, and it's kind of like, you know, not to name any breweries, but one thing it was like, oh, yeah, like we, you know, we ferment with this Saison yeast from BSI, and then we pitch this like, you know, oh, we just use Brux, and it sits in our fooder for three months. I'm just like, what? That's it? You know, I'm, that's all, and you get this character? And the point I'm driving at is there are so many things that are process, pitch rate, hopping rate, you know, you know, what's your mash regime, what's your fermentation, like your pitch rate and your your temperature schedule and how do you how do you rack, how do you treat these things? Are you you know, is your secondary fermentation under pressure in a stainless tank? Is it you know, are you are you leaving it in, in oak to oxygenate, you know, or to, to off gas? So there's a lot of things that aren't just like this is the culture you use, and we've even found that you know we we do we take we take dregs that some breweries that we admire, and we'll we'll put them in a small small flask or like inoculate a second you know a flask or a whatever a, a carboy, and just like it's not the same beer. There are a lot of things that give your house culture that aren't necessarily dreg related, especially in you know people romanticize these spontaneous beers, and and the kind of question about like to Jenna is like. Sure, if you have, I'm sure people have seen that that curve of what goes on in a spontaneous fermentation. You know, you've got the mm-hmm. Enterobacter first. Raj Opti. Right, yeah. So you've got a ton <laughs> of stuff going on. And at the end of it all, like, you've got this bottle of beautiful beer, and you're like, I want to make this. I'm going to dump these dregs. And don't be disappointed if you just get some super ripping acid PDO or something. Or, like, maybe a little bit of Brett. But, like, the Saccharomyces and the Eterobacter that did that work up front mm-hmm. and that laid that groundwork of the esters and phenols that were worked on by the other Brett strains that you really have no idea what the hell did all that because it's dead after three years. Like, it's just something to think about, and it's not as simple as, I'm going to dump this beer into my beer, and, man, I'm bummed that it didn't turn out the exact same. All good points, and you got to worry about... Whether you're going for replication or again, like an homage, an adulation, right? So it's like you can't assume the same characters, but then look into why those are different. And, you know, Stefan, we were talking uh, in one of the breaks at the bar about mixed culture management and kind of the philosophy that we take at the Rare Barrel, which is we want to try new things all the time, which is totally like, uh, you know, a home brewer with the car keys kind of mentality. And that's, that's my background from coming from the brewery. That's how I felt when I worked there. Just, uh, and we were talking about my former boss, Tyler's doing the brewery rec stuff. That's kind of how it was. It was just like, Hey, we're home brewers that just happen to currently work in a professional brewery. So let's just go pedal to the metal and do weird stuff and have fun with it. And, uh, that's what we do to a certain extent. But, um, it influences our culture management when it comes to mixed culture drift over time, like you were getting at Mike and how much influence is happening with the bacteria versus the yeast and what's the end impact on flavor. But Stefan, you were making some good points. I thought about how people manage that and what's the overall approach. So why don't you just explain a little bit of your, your thoughts on, I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot of home brewers and breweries listening. Would you know, I, I've always been suggesting that I really don't think that people should follow our approach at the rear barrel necessarily because it's like so widespread and so many different cultures. And maybe that if there's one good mixed culture that you have, you can pursue that more in more depth. I don't know. Wh- wh- where do you stand on that? Um, well, I guess the conversation sparked from uh, talking about the earlier listener question and then like 
perhaps I was indelicate in saying just get a different mixed culture, but to some extent... This is the, the person who had uh, the kettle sour first, then added a mixed culture, and there's pedo developed in the bottle. Correct, mm-hmm. and they were having ropey issues. I mean, I guess from the way we operate, we are very much of the mindset we don't have a mixed culture. We don't care what the mixed culture is. We try any number of things, and that's that's what's interesting to us is trying back almost batch to batch. Maybe sometimes we get too ahead of ourselves trying too many things and not sticking with something, but that's, I mean, that's for me the most interesting part of what we do is trying new things and then like giving a little time and then we can pull what the end goal is to pull a pretty widespread, you know, diverse set of barrels together to make what we hope is an interesting blend. But I think what Jay was saying is, like, or what we were talking about was like, sometimes I feel like breweries get so set on this is our mixed culture and it's part of their identity. And that's interesting. But when you get so caught up in one mixed culture and you keep repitching it and that culture changes over time, and that change is interesting, but maybe you lose control of it and you get more and more sour as a result and you find yourself with beers that are not really where you thought they would be and, like, what, what do you do with that? That's what I think about and what, you know, what we always fear. I mean, we, we've gotten caught up with certain certain runs on culture, but not to go too long, but try new things out. Yeah, the- It works for us. To second that, like, uh, if you're just doing one type of fermentation, you're doing a house culture, I think we found it's beneficial to do a lot of things. And so, hey, if your house culture is going this way or you have a batch of beers going one way or another, you have more stock that, hey, it might not be good on its own, but that might be the one piece of your blend that is going to make that beer a much better beer. So I definitely... Big sound. Big sound. Sorry. We want the sound. Well said. From, from a, yeah, it's the background noise. Essentially, what you were saying, Stefan, is like, yeah, you, you want blending stock. Having options uh, to pull flavors from is so beneficial because it can definitely save you from just a single-note beer and turn it into a very complex beer. Definitely. I don't know what you were saying. In case you were wondering what just happened there, there was a, a bottle that uh, Mike was afraid was going to explode. So he had a noise. The noise is good background noise. Did you, just, but yeah. did you just leave so that we didn't hear the, the, the pop of the cork? Or were you afraid it was going to blow up? A lot of pressure, I swear. This never happened. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, also, no, every day. Day. also to continue on that, too, with it the house culture day. idea, I mean, we also take the opportunity to reiterate on our cultures. To go back to, you know, we kind of changed names, and I think that helps us to forget where everything comes from. But we've been using actually our across the sea dregs, or well, not even dregs actually, or we kept a barrel back to use that to inoculate future things. But I mean, prior to that, you know, we had different names for it. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that was BC3PO that Stefan was talking about earlier in this podcast, actually. That culture, I mean, we're even now sitting. Brooks, Klausini, PDO. And the guy from Star Wars. Oh, letter. You know, we're looking at right now, we're, we joke around about, oh, what are we going to name our, you know, what's currently sitting in FE1? You know, that was originally, you know, a couple of different sack strains. We have added some Brett to it. We've used a barrel to inoculate that we named Kevin. 
simply because we got really tired of saying DuPont and Friends and C and this and that. And it's also DuPont and Friends. Problem. I'm just saying. Because we got tired of saying <laughs> all of the CDP things that happened What's before it. We're, uh, in, we're in rare yeah. show two form in show one. <laughs> you know, you know it, it's one of those things it. that, you know, I think for us, we have the culture that we aren't afraid to play with our house cultures. We're not afraid to add to those house cultures. And that's part of the fun. We're innovating. It's going to get more complex. It's going to get more complex. It's going to get more complex. And then eventually we just go, nah, screw it. We're going to do this sack and one Brett. And then go, we're not even going to back to basics. Yeah. Not even going to worry about bacteria. It's eventually going to get bacteria and give it another couple of months, and suddenly we have Wait, three, four, honestly, at one point, 15 different Bretts in it. And that's part of the fun of what we do. That's part of the fun of having what we like to call house culture, but not being tied to that house culture as part of our identity. And, you know, we won. You know, yeah. why not? It's great. Why not at it? Absolutely. Part of our yeah. entire stock is, you know, some sort of. House blend is a very cool thing to have. Not to say that breweries that have house blends are just doing one thing. Like it's a, such a cool thing to say. Hey, we picked this, you know, culture out of where we live. It's part of terroir or whatever. That's such a cool thing. But I think it should be a part of a more complex puzzle of you know, blending sour beer. I think a complex puzzle is how good Chamonix Creek's brewing is. Yeah, that that is. They've been on the Philly scene. Hey, that's what I said. Stuff on. It's not complex. It's straightforward. The quality's high. <laughs> They've been on the Philly beer map since 2012. Three-time Philly beer scene magazine brew of the year. Sorry, I lost my place. <laughs> See, man, you 14, 15, 16, and I'm sure it's going to come back in 17. Two-time GABF Vienna-style lager medal winner. You guys know what I'm talking about. 24 beers on tap, oh, yeah. 18 rotating. Second yeah. location, surely open by now. They're the best. They've been on the session. Listen to that. They sent us beer. It's been really good. Neshamini Creek, they've been creek to life. <laughs> brew for brew. <laughs> so we've come up on, I think, our show break. And we were, I, I love the conversation we're getting into. So I want to talk more about that. Inoculation, uh, kind of just overall, you're doing a sour beer program. What's your theory on stuff? How do you approach it? I think we've done it so many different ways. We can kind of comment on a lot of different things. We can take some listener questions on that. Tommy is swirling a beer like crazy, like he's had three iced coffees. It's good. He's going to start talking in the second show. So let's look forward to more Tommy in the second show. Let's look forward to a bunch of cool stuff. It's going to be amazing. We're only getting started here on this hour. Rob is melting down. Thank you to the sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you listeners and all the questions you guys sent in. Thanks to Scott. Thank you, Scott. You're welcome. Thanks, Thanks Bevo. Thanks, Bevo. The best Bevo. Yeah, thanks, Bevo. Thanks to Rare Barrel. Until next time, thanks stay sour. Dun 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 dun